What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Funbox Podcast. My name is Rob Webb, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, click like, sh- share this video, subscribe, do all those cool things to make me feel good inside. And uh, it does help out a lot. And like I said, thank you so much for listening and supporting me. And uh, got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. Uh, we are now officially on Spotify, Funbox, the Funbox podcast on Spotify. Uh, look us up uh, and uh, share that as well and tell all your friends. Today, uh, I have a good friend with me. Uh, he is uh, just a, a, a nice, wholesome young man. Thank What's you. up? His name is Mike Long, everybody. Yeah, nice wholesome young man. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's uh, I wasn't prepared today. I I uh, figured you must have talked to my mom or something like that. That sounds like <laughs> something she would say about me. Yeah, he's a he's a nice wholesome young young man. He means well. He does. But you know that's gotten me into trouble in the past. You know, I have uh, good intentions sometimes, but I still make bad decisions. Oh man, don't we all, yeah. dude? I was talking about a lot of my bad decisions are alcohol influenced mine too mine too well the bad decision was not well the bad decision was before i was drunk was getting lifting the glass up into the air and into my mouth well see it's it's really got me reflecting a lot obviously because um you know i am in recovery from alcohol alcohol use yeah i am an alcoholic rob and um we, everybody is. Dude, I took AA class when I was 19 because of uh, underage consumption. And according to that class, it's like if you have a beer a day, you could be, you're an alcoholic of yeah, some sort. It's uh, it's really hard to define. And it's kind of not even worth it because it's a lot of that stuff that I think about. You know, even when I was young, I was like, well, there's no way I'm an alcoholic because alcoholics like, they can drink, and I suck at it. Right. That's you know. Um, by the I time I hold my liquor, <laughs> by the time I actually got good at it, I didn't want to be that good at it. Yeah. Um. But um, it, I I don't know. Like even there's so many different types. There are people who right from the rip, they could hold their liquor. They were blacking out constantly. Like I remember the first time. I ever blacked out. I was 15 years old. And uh, remember when everyone would go to the bowling alley? That's like where everybody would congregate, all the teenagers and whatever. Yeah. I was uh, I was drinking with Brian, who was just on here. Was that last episode? Brian Bunn? Yeah, yep. Yeah, last week. And uh, so, yeah, a couple of 15-year-old kids. Drinking whiskey. That was the wow. first time I ever drank whiskey. I, did, I had my first drink at 16, and it was like a wine cooler, and it was like in somebody's back porch, and it was just a drink, you know? And actually, there was this guy that lived in the trailer park. His name was Teddy. He might be in jail or dead. 
by now, but he gave kids booze. And yeah. we want, and I heard about it. We went to his house, knocked on his door, and it was nighttime. And he he gave us a bottle of uh, it was called like Lucifer's Ale or something, yeah. and we drank it in the woods. And I I was mad because it didn't get me drunk. I see, like the first time I ever drank. Well, I don't know. I was kind of. I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say that I was a good kid, but really I was just afraid of getting in trouble, and that kind of kept me at bay as far as like people trying to get me high for the first time or anything like that. And then when I finally did smoke weed for the first time, it was, I hadn't even had alcohol yet at this point. And man, the next day I was like, that was fantastic. I am doing that as much as possible. Right. (laughs) And the first time I ever got drunk, it was just plan B. You know, like yeah. we, we, we wanted to, we were looking for our dealer. He happened to be like 21 or 22 and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't have anything, but I'm going to the gas station right now. I'll grab you some beer. So the first time I got drunk, it was like not even three beers because I couldn't even choke down that, you know, the last foamy bit of Natty Light or whatever it was we were drinking. Uh, last time I drank Natty Light was New Year's 2001. <laughs> Ugh. I, I projectile vomited uh, in uh, Zach McKenzie's living room, living yeah. room, yeah, in his farmhouse. Uh, but yeah, the first time I got high, uh, two friends of mine uh, in the trailer park came tapping on my window. I was waiting for them because I knew I want I was going to smoke weed for the first time that night. And they took forever to get back to where, where they were at. They were camping or something with their dad, with his dad. He came back. It was like three a.m. and. Uh, he taps on my window and he's like, and they, they're just looking at me like, you know, holding up the joint fingers, you know, uh, like, Hey, we got the weed. Boo, doo, doo, doo. Come on. And I, I snuck out and, uh, we went in the woods. We, I built a fire and we, and they started blowing shotguns to me, you know? And I, I thought I didn't know I didn't need that much. At, I thought I had to smoke a whole bunch to get high. Yeah. I got so high. I lost, I lost train of thought of anything of what reality was. I started crying and like running into the woods away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like the dark, scary woods was more peaceful than being around anyone. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I met so many people who talked about like. I was 14, by the way. Yeah. I, I was, I think I was about 14. And I'd, I'd met so many people. Granted, really bad weed when you're. 14 in the mid 90s you know whatever it was um it's not like we were getting good quality stuff but i'd met a lot of people who were like oh i didn't even get high the first time yeah i i was on another planet the first time i smoked i felt it like i felt like i felt it the next day too yeah i woke up i went to sleep woke up but here's the thing like we got i got super high and then i finally kind of like got more confidence with what was going on and trusting my senses. And that, that's what Scott Anderson was telling me. He was, that was him. I'll name drop him. Hopefully he don't mind. But uh, we, uh, he's like, trust your senses, bro. And he was rubbing my arm with a stick. And I was like, I want to grab the stick away from you, but I can't. He's like, trust your senses and grab the stick. <laughs> trust your senses and grab the stick, Rob. And I grabbed the stick and I'm like, all right, I got it. This is the stick in my hand. And then at one point, I had to go back home. So uh, he walked me home. And when I was approaching my house, my mother was letting out the dog. Dude, 
and this is at like four something in the morning now at this point. And I was about to bolt off. I was about to sprint away after she just saw me like an idiot. Yeah. Super high. And he grabbed me and grabbed my shirt. He's like, she already saw you. And uh, so we just kept approaching the house. And my mom's like, Robbie, what are you doing? And uh, Scott Anderson, being the witty guy he was, was like, hey, Mrs. Webb, this is my fault. Uh, I wanted to walk around. I needed somebody to talk to. And at that time, cigarettes were like a big thing in the kids around that time. And he, his dad knew he smoked. It was just, I wanted to smoke a cigarette. And uh, I wanted somebody to talk to. So we went and walked around. It's my fault. And like totally like kind of saved my ass in a way. Yeah. And then my mom was like, we'll talk about this in the morning. And uh, I went to bed, woke up in the morning, and she asked me about it. And I said, well, he wanted to smoke a cigarette. You know, it's just said the same story. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just left. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal to walk around the block. And everything's fine. She never knew. She never knew I was high. But who knows what she really knew, you know. I know that 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 first blackout from whiskey at the bowling alley, um, you know, it, it it was of course I got incredibly sick in the restroom and I just remember coming out of there and uh one of my friends was like, um, the owner's on the phone right now. He's probably calling the police, so you should go, like, right now. And I remember walking out the front double doors, and then I woke up at about 5 in the morning at one of my friend's houses in his bedroom, and I was not with him that entire night. I went to wake him up when I woke up on his bedroom floor, and he was not in his bed because he stayed at another friend's house that night. Okay. So now I'm I'm freaking out. Like, yeah. did I break into their house? Did <laughs> his parents see me? Like, I yeah. had no idea what to do. So I just hopped out the window, and I didn't have another blackout for maybe 15 years. Yeah. Like... Well, yeah, after that, after me smoke, you, you kind of, like, scared you away from any of that. After I smoked... Um, that weed that time, I didn't smoke until I was 18. So that's six years. I was 14, scared the shit out of me, never touched it. Yeah. Didn't want to do any drugs at all. Uh, cigarettes were my, uh, my vice. It's always been, uh, I started smoking real early. I was about 15 when I started smoking cigarettes, like, uh, like regularly. Yeah. And, uh. So now, man, dude, that's been, <laughs> I've been smoking for over 20 years now. I know, it's, it's a scary thought. Yeah, so. Uh, and I, I don't, everything is so automatic when it comes to buying cigarettes. And, like, I'm such a robot. I ask for them, I put my card in the card reader, and I'm on my way. So I don't pay any attention to what the price is. And then every now and then, I hear it, and I'm like, Seven seven ninety nine. I'm paying. Yeah, like, and I know that's it's like ridiculous. You know, kids these days, they don't. It's all you know. It's so cliche for smokers to 
complain about cigarette prices and stuff like that. I'm actually really happy that it seems like so few teenagers and young people are getting turned on to smoking. Like, it's such an afterthought to so many young people. At least it seems that way to me. Yeah, we're the minority now. I don't really even mind being looked at like, oh, you disgusting smoker. It's like, yeah, keep that attitude. Because yeah. I I wish, you know, it's one of my biggest regrets is starting smoking. Yeah, I love it. Dude, I can't stop. Ain't gonna stop. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop, dude. I'm telling you right now, it's maybe, I don't know. I'm just gonna assume that I'm not going to stop so I'm not disappointed in myself. Yeah. But it's I, one it's one of those things too that like, you know, when you're young, I could grasp the concept of it being really bad for you. I could grasp the concept of it could give you cancer. I could grasp the concept of it is really really hard to quit. And I thought, okay, if I get hooked, it's going to suck to quit. But if if nobody what I couldn't grasp is um the way that it changes your brain to make you feel like you need a cigarette to live when it's the exact opposite. Or that even if I do quit, yeah, it might not, the urge to have a cigarette might not be that bad, but it's probably always going to be there, you know? Like yeah. Maybe I'm, it might get to a point where I don't even really think about it for six, eight, 10 months and then maybe you just get that whiff of the freshly lit cigarette from someone else and be like oh god yeah that smells good oh i loved like when i was a kid before i even started smoking i loved the smell of secondhand smoke my uncle lit up a winston in the car once man i was like i want some of that yeah <laughs> i was like no additives <laughs> No additives, Winston, man. That, that was a good smelling secondhand smoke. And it just was like, smelled like lunch to me. I'm like, fuck yeah. I want some of that. Yeah, I was a secondhand smoker before I was a firsthand smoker. Yeah, I was like 10 years old, loving like, the smell of that. <laughs> yeah, secondhand smoke. It's one of those things. There's like, that's it's more harmful than firsthand smoke. And it's like, then why do why don't people after dinner go to like a bingo hall and just walk around? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's what it is is the smoke coming off the tip. Yeah. And everything whatever. Well, I didn't realize that either. I mean, apparently um you know, you could go to like a lot of Catholic masses where there's a lot of candles and they're the smoky ball. I don't know what it is. Yes. Yeah. What I don't know. Whatever that yeah, I don't know. The smoky ball. And I guess it can be really bad for your lungs. Um but I just thought Man, I feel like you'd have to be there a lot, like five days a week for it to really affect you. But I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's a vice, man. Uh, and you go into the gas station, pay for your gas, or I, I pay at the pump, but uh, or whatever you're getting, uh, whatever it may be, uh, there's a wall of glory of cigarettes just staring at you. It, behind the the clerk, it's just per, it's there for you. Those are cigarettes, a giant wall, and they don't even. At least it seems to me, they don't really clearly post the prices anymore. 
when I do actually pay attention, it, I'll be like, oh, those are kind of cheap. And then it says when you buy two packs underneath it or something like that. Yeah. Well, like in the hood, my brand is more expensive because that's I smoke menthol. You know, everybody, people in the hood love the menthol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll get a L&M menthol and it's like over seven bucks a pack. And I'm like, damn, what am I doing? Yeah. Your best bet is to buy Newports, like, the cheapest you could find them are, like, uh, in a rural, super rural rural area, like, at a, like, at a, <laughs> at a Dollar General on, like, Bob's Road yeah. in fucking Nevada, or, like, in, you know, in a super rural area. Just travel south from here and find that. One little, you know, country breeze type of little store. Yeah. Where they spell uh, eggs as A-I-G-S. Eggs. Yeah. And they do. They do. In Tennessee, they spell eggs, A-I-G-S. Eggs. Is that for real? It's for real. Huh. It's like, dude, you guys are so Southern, it's not even funny. <laughs> eggs and bacon. Hey, somebody get these kids. But yeah, man, thanks for coming on, dude. No problem. I was supposed to have a guest last night. Uh, he forgot, and uh, we'll we'll reschedule him. But, you know, luckily, I have a backup plan. <laughs> well, you were not my backup plan. You were scheduled for today. But I wanted to, every, I tried to post every once a week, and that's the goal, at yeah. least once a week. So I wanted to do two just to be, like, push some content out there. But, uh but he's a guy that was uh he started a militia group or he he was in a militia group and then started his own and uh, a while ago he got red flagged by the, the United States federal government or FBI mm. and uh because it just looked creepy and he he was young and he just wanted to make a mystique video of him promoting uh the second amendment rights and things like that yeah. and he's like in his all get up you know with his face covered kind of like the uh uh anonymous uh those uh uh, v for Vendetta mask people. Yeah. And uh, he was, it wasn't like that, but it was more for uh, constitutionalist type people. And uh, he wasn't doing anything wrong. Everything was, no- it's his right to have his, he had his, you know, firearm on him and a guy standing behind him, you know, like all militant style and with his voice modulated down to make it disguised and give it to more of a mystique feel. Yeah. And just promoting gun rights. And he went to, he got, he had to go to court and the judge is just like, this is ridiculous. He didn't do anything wrong. It's, it just got dismissed and everybody forgot about it. But Alex Jones had him on his show back in the day when Alex Jones was a little bit more normal. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was, and Alex Jones is a gun rights advocate as well, obviously, but uh, he wanted to, he didn't like any bad press towards gun right activists because that's bad for the gun rights people and like the TS or the, uh, the NRA. NRA. Yeah. And stuff like that. So he wanted to squash any negativity towards gun right activate ad- advocates and uh, interviewed him. And uh, I wanted to have him on and like show the interview with Alex Jones and everything, dude. Yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And this, this guy is actually our first drummer in our band back in the day, way back. 
he was 18, I was 17 when we started a, a group called Selah, then it changed to Strain Theory. Yeah. And he was the first drummer. And uh, he ended up just not drumming for us because we booked a show and he just didn't show up. <laughs> well, just like this podcast, yeah. he didn't show up either. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, you can, sometimes things just don't change, but it's funny, man. Uh, it's all jokes and funny games. I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Everything's cool. But uh, well, we're going to have him on at some point. Um, I'd love to talk to his ear off about that. But yeah, you you're here. You you uh, began a podcast. Uh, I suggest you should, you should probably. I don't know what, how you feel about still doing that kind of thing because it's a lot of work. It really is. It's it, and I'm sure you understand how this is too. It's like um, well, it's like going on a diet almost like or like a, it's a lifestyle change. You have to dedicate your life to this thing, and it has to be part of your routine of some sort. Yes, and it's. I think just like anything else, you know, with musicians or with athletes or whatever else, there is so much that goes on other than the performance or the event. But man, you live for the performance. Like yeah. I would look forward to those few hours when we were actually recording the show. And that was that's the thing that drives you. But, yeah. but man, you know, if you really care about it, um, it's it's stuff like that that made me understand the concept of like an artist suffering for his art because there is I mean you suffer <laughs> you do well like uh, it's actually super sadomasochist of me to do this because I'm I am an introvert type and the, I've talked about it before I had a speech impediment and this is kind of therapy to push through it and it's uh, almost. If I was to tell a doctor, this is what I do, it's like, do you have to do this? Like, can I be prescribed Xanax, please? Like, that would make my life so much better. I mean, I know it's bad for me. It's not a good idea to do that. But if there's a candidate for Xanax, I'm that guy. I've been to the ER thinking I was having a heart attack, you know? Yeah. And uh, no drugs, no, not under the influence at all. And they even the doctor said it was probably anxiety. And then it snowballs. You think one thing, one thought leads to another thought and you could get phantom paint or phantoms and, or subconscious like your brain will create these pains or these feelings that aren't even existing yeah because of your anxiety i thought i was i was having all the symptoms of what a heart attack is i think i was in my mid-20s <clears throat> maybe even close to 30 by the time i realized that i suffered from anxiety i was like that's what that is? Well, it seems like everybody does in some fashion. They they suffer. Uh, sometimes I think people that talk about it online a lot, you, I am an anxiety, blah, blah, blah. I suffer from this and that. Anxiety. It's like, do you? I don't talk about mine. I've had it so bad to where I need to pull a car over. Yeah. I've had it to, uh, or uh, um, you just want to flip a table. It's insane. Like, I get this almost, it's almost like hyperventilating, even though I'm breathing fine at the I've, same time. I've hyperventilated one time, and it was when I got on the wrong boat. I was supposed to go to uh, Kelly's Island, and for some reason, I got on the Putin Bay ferries. I don't know why, dude. My yeah. brain was just not, uh, it was a really active point in my life. I was doing a lot of gigging, and I was playing at Putin Bay and Kelly's Island, and it was just like... I got confused what island I was going to. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, if you're not from around here, Lake Erie has some islands you can visit. And uh, Kelly's Island is one of them, the biggest one. 
and uh, you could see the uh, glacial grooves at the Kelly's Island. You could go into the caves. Putin Bay has the world's largest uh, geode. What do you call it? Uh, yeah, it's a geode, right? Those rocks you split open. I've only been to Putin Bay once, and it was for a bachelor party. Imagine that. Yeah. I've been there too many times. Don't want to go back. Yeah. Do not want to go back. Uh, man, I don't know if I talked about this on the, on the podcast yet, but I got a my ass handed to me. Um, I got beat like hard. Like he kept punching me when I was passed out or yeah. knocked knocked out. Yeah. And uh, don't want to go back. I don't really care for that. And it was a guy I thought I knew. You know, I thought. We were associates and some, we were, you know, associated with each other. He was the bouncer of the bar I, I performed at. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, bad circumstance. I thought, would they had lodging, to anybody listening, you probably know the story, but it, would they had lodging for the musicians and the staff that work there that probably live on the mainland. And because uh, you can't go anywhere once they shut the ferries and the boats down, you're stuck on that island for the night. So they have lodging. The owners of the place I played at. Uh, there's two doors. There's an access code for me and, a, and, a, and an access code for them for the two doors. Uh, the access codes are the same. Huh. <laughs> Dumb thing to do, huh? So I go into the wrong room and, the, and me and Maggie go into the wrong bed and we do things that male and females do when they're together for a long time or not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, we, we make love now, okay? Damn it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though making love sucks, I'd rather just spit in your face or something. You know. But uh, yeah. But you could you could kind of like piece. Of, he walked in. He was the last person I would want to walk in. This is my bed. Boom. Next thing you know, I'm swollen, eyes swollen shut, and I'm like spitting up blood in a in a driveway. Yeah. And then I go to the hospital, to Putin Bay, like to check on me. Make sure I'm not like concussed or anything. I probably was, but I wo I ended up sleeping. I woke up. Everything's fine. But that well, that was a bad idea. I probably shouldn't have went to bed because you could wake up with brain damage. Yeah. And uh, there's been cases people after they're concussed they sleep and they wake up with a stutter for the rest of their life. It's you know that could have it probably did affect me prolonged. But I went to the actual. I got a CAT scan. My nasal cavity was broken. Mm. And. uh I was like out for the count for a good week, just like laying, like kind of just like your body's healing and it just wears your energy down. Yeah. And you're just like kind of just sleeping a lot. And uh, that's why like violence and like people, I'll, I'll like watch these world star hip hop videos and I'm thinking, man, dude, it's like glorified all this violence and it sucks. And those aren't controlled environments. And, Getting uh, your ass kicked sucks so bad. I, I don't even want to do that. I don't want to do that to somebody else for a stupid reason, you know, unless I'm defending myself. No, I was even always one of those people where, like, if somebody hit me for no reason, I think most people think, well, you know, eye for an eye, or now it's... A, like, I just don't have it in me to cause harm to someone else. I would have to be... It would have to be, like, a fight-or-flight response, and I'm probably going to flee before i'm going to fight like that it's probably my last resort oh yeah I, i'll definitely fight. walk away 
I, I prefer to walk away. Call me a bitch. Call me a pussy. I don't care. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I got. I, I want to stay out of jail. And I don't want to die. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it could speak volumes to him in the in the future too. When he, if you know, the turn the other cheek attitude might sound weak to people, but uh, the point of it is to show the person that's causing you, that's doing that to you, is to show him uh, self reflection on himself. That's the point. Is so. Oh wow, he didn't even get mad at that. You know, maybe later on in life he'll realize that it's not the thing to do just to go ahead and beat somebody's ass. To a, to a dirty pulp. I mean, that had to have been a profound experience, definitely not a pleasant one, but I mean, of course there's there's got to be some kind of uh, like trauma, mental, emotional, whatever, because it's like to wake up from that when you don't even know what happens or what, what had caused it in the first place, and then you got to piece it together. I mean, I sure as hell can relate to that because it was it was basically, that was the blessing that I needed to get me to stop drinking because, like I said, I wasn't a blackout drinker. I got to the point where um, I got really good at it, could put down a whole bunch of beers, bunch of shots, whatever else, and I would just pass out. You know, I would just drink until it was yeah. time for me to sleep. And then once I did start blacking out, it was like I'd wake up on the couch and be like, "Huh, I don't remember going to sleep." But I, you know, I was usually, I was always at home. But the last time I blacked out, it was, um, ironically, I went to an AA meeting. And then I went to the bar and, um, then I woke up the next morning and, um, I walked out the door and I said, holy shit, someone took out the mailbox, totally (laughs) ripped out of the ground, completely fucking destroyed. And I'm like picking up the pieces and stuff like that. Cause I got to go to work. And for whatever reason, I'm like not a hangover guy. I can drink till kingdom come and I might be a little out of it for the first half hour, but I don't get like the real bad headaches or feeling sick in the morning or anything. I can just go and um, walk around to the other side of my vehicle and I see the damage and it just, from that moment... At first, reality. It it really blew my mind because I it at f- the first the reality thing, train. The first thing is, how could I have done something like that? And it it didn't even spark a vague memory. Like there was nothing. Yeah, it's like it didn't even happen. And then the more I'm processing it, the more I just couldn't get it out of my mind that I am now to the point where I am capable of drinking to a blackout and getting in my vehicle and killing a human being. Like, I I killed a mailbox. That mailbox was dead. (laughs) Dead. I could kill a human being. And it's like, I couldn't shake this feeling that even though I knew for a fact I did that damage to the mailbox, it felt like I didn't because I had no memory of it at all. Right. And I was like, 
what would it be like then? It, if it was a person. Yeah. Like, how can you feel guilty when you don't have a conscious of it? Yeah. Even though you know that you, you did, did it, it. you yeah. could show me the footage of it, everything. And that, it freaked me out so much that that was really kind of like the jolt that I needed to be like, you know, maybe I, maybe I need help. Like that's, yeah. that's when I was ready to actually accept help and, and like that kind of started the whole journey. And then it's like, now I've been sober a year and, um, I, I am just starting to realize things like I am perfectly capable of making bad decisions and being a bad person while sober. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm realizing like, like, oh, the the problem really wasn't alcohol. Like there is stuff that is the root of the problem, and alcohol was a very became a very dangerous symptom of my underlying problems. So now it's like I cut out the alcohol for a year, and if I don't work on those underlying issues and and things like that, then. I'm either going to continue to bang my head against the wall and make bad choices, or I'll probably end up drinking again and yeah. burn my life to the ground again. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, obviously, um, I'm not speaking for AA. I'm only speaking my, my own, um, experience and, and things like that. But it's a lot of people, myself included, at, at one time get very turned off by all the God stuff and the this and that and whatever. But the bottom line is that, um, very little of that program has to do with not drinking. Like the, the meat and potatoes of that program is living a healthy spiritual life, emotional yeah. life, you know? Um, and, I mean, I can't, I can't blame people that reach out. People in prison, they a lot of them turn to God. Jeffrey Dahmer did, mm -hmm. um, and uh, what it is, it's like it is a crutch, and it's supposed to be a crutch. I, I think that's why people go do that. I was raised in church, you know, and that's what I've learned. But a lot of the times, people say people are judgmental in church, and that's true. They are, and uh, it sucks. I don't like those people. Uh, church. It should be a hospital for the broken, the broken spirit, the heart, the people that are looking for redemption, people that are looking for uh, forgiveness, and uh, uh, people that need to uh, need something because the world, you know, the world sucks. Bottom line, yeah. you know, and uh, and it, and I can't blame anybody for whatever religion you, your community or something that you are part of, as long as you don't got to drink some Kool Aid or something. It should be fine. Yeah. And, and <laughs> as long as you're happy and, and it's helping you out. Yeah. And it's not fair to um, let uh, maybe misguided or, or judgmental people represent an entire religion or something like that. Yeah. Just like I can walk into an AA meeting and there could be somebody there who's been sober for 20 years and they can be a complete asshole and mm -hmm. just have a miserable life and a bad attitude and everything else. And it's kind of funny because it gets to a point where if somebody is acting that way, um, some people will be like, 
why don't you just go take a drink? Because yeah. you're miserable anyways. Like, there's not really a lot of sugarcoating stuff going on with with a lot of people, and it, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah. Um, but then there's so many good people and so many people who um, are walking a good path, and it, it, it just, there's a lot of things that I didn't understand. I, I couldn't have recited the 12 steps. Um and then come to find out what are like, the 12 steps well like for example the first step of recovery you know, yeah like you know every everybody is like oh you have to admit you're an alcoholic you know yeah well the first step is um we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable now that first half admitted we were powerless over alcohol that is the one and only time that alcohol is mentioned in all of the 12 steps the first step? The first half of the first step. And the second half of it, at least for me, was almost more important than that first half. My life was unmanageable. Like right. once I because even for I think I had gotten to a point where I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I can't I I can't but I still was like but I'm managing. I think, you know, I'm going to work and I'm doing that. Once it got to the point where I may as well have been in a fucking ditch and my life was just completely out of my own control, that's when I I was like, all right, you know. And then, it, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of God, you know, it's a lot of, but what I, what, the reason why I was able to start accepting those types of things into my life is really, it's just saying, you know, um, it speaks to my anxiety, which is, um, I have such a habit of worrying about things that I have no control over whatsoever. Things yeah. that already happened, things that might happen, playing scenarios in my head of every possible outcome of this thing that's coming up. And then I have a ton of fear over um, making simple changes in my own life. So, like, putting, you know, putting your care into the hands, like, you know, um, just basically saying you know, God, take care of things for me. Like that, that's really just saying all these things that I can do nothing about. I can't control you or what you think about me or anything like that. I can't control, um, you know, what my electric bill is going to be. I have to accept what it's going to be. Just accept it. Just got to turn your light off when you're not using it, man. <laughs> you know, but that's one of the things I can control. Yeah, yeah. And and so really I was like, oh, the serenity prayer. I've been doing it opposite like my whole life. I worry about things out of my control and I'm afraid over the things that I can change. Right. So I just got to flip it around. Yeah. I, I think uh, what, what, you know, I I would be labeled a binge drinker since I only drink on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, if I do drink dur during the week, it's very maybe a beer or two during the week. I don't know. Uh, but I get there's moments where I get hammered, dude, 
hammered, like blackout hammered, knocking things off the wall in the fucking bathroom. But, uh, and uh, so they would consider me a binge drinker. That's an alcoholism of, uh, it gets to a point where uh, my withdrawal pops, you know, it breaks on the weekends because that's my moment of when I can drink. So you go all out. So I can't just drink a little bit on the weekends. It's always like, bam, 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 putting them down. Uh, the whole week is a slow progress to me getting to that point. Maybe the whole week could be a complete uh, recovery Yeah. from that last uh, episode of drinking. And uh, uh, listen, I love alcohol. I'm probably, I mean, I'll drink. I, I, I don't think there, there's a... I think it's a special kind of demon, if you want to call it that, if it because it, it can infiltrate your life so easily because it's uh it's legal, it's glorified on the on the TV, uh, the Super Bowl episode uh commercials uh, and things like that and it's unbelievably the repercussions of doing it the wrong way is unbelievably life-changing and so bad and they drop the hammer down on you. We we're talking about that earlier yeah. and how how the 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 penalties and the circumstances and the um you know that can happen from drinking too much are just insane and it that's what happened when I had my first DUI it's um, it's un, it's unreal it's unreal how ex- acceptable drinking is and everything involves everything involves alcohol specials or or whatnot you know oh yeah and uh so I command anybody that's able to be live a sober life. I uh so anybody out there, man, show your support to anybody trying to get sober. Uh it's a good thing. I'm drinking right now. And you know what? I don't care. This is my life. Go you fuck know, go fuck yourself. And it's <laughs> it, again, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you go, what it is. There are there are people with um addictions to heroin or meth and they'll come to an AA meeting and there's people with the attitude like, oh, you know, you're not an alcoholic. And it, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Like, I, I would never look down on anybody who is doing anything that they can do to try and... Yeah, and, yeah whatever they want to do. If they feel like that's going to better themselves, do it. Do whatever you got to do. Just once, just once, I want to see a Bud Light commercial where, like, you know, they're outside at the barbecue and everyone's having a good time and there's the pretty girls in the bikinis. But, like, in one shot in the background, there's a guy puking in the bushes. Yeah. And then there's, like, one guy passed out on a lawn chair with Sharpie dicks all over his yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's reality. Nah. Like, Robin Williams had a funny joke about that. It's about Miller time. It's Miller time. Are you puking behind a dumpster at 4.30 in the morning? It's Miller time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild how unbelievably acceptable it is and how, you know, the price to pay for drinking too much sometimes, man. You could, like, stumble off a curb and catch yourself and be like, whoa, and a cop sees that. You could get a disorderly. Yeah, yeah, that was one of or the things I learned intox. when when I got when I got my DUI. That was after they changed the law, 
and now it's OVI operating a vehicle. Yeah, while you could impaired. get you could get that on a bike. Yeah, and and you could. Um, That's fucking ridiculous that you could get the same penalty on a bike. Yeah, you could have a really bad cold and have one too many doses of Robitussin, or maybe just just take the recommended amount and maybe you haven't slept because your nose has been so stuffy and you were coughing and then get in your car and get pulled over. And if they deem you impaired, you get an OVI. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything illegal that you do. It could be, you've been awake for 46 hours straight. You're impaired. Yeah. Damn dude. And then what do you, what, is there an AA class for not sleeping enough? I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, uh, my name is Rob Webb, and uh, I work too much, Hi, and Rob. I don't I don't sleep enough. Hi, Rob. <laughs> I've been I've been sleeping for the last thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> you get a white chip, yeah. <laughs> With well, a, and they, everybody hugs you, <laughs> man. But yeah, on, this is this is the fun box, and I want everybody to know. Uh, like, why? How come when I tune into your channel, you uh, you talk about a lot of serious issues, and uh, whether it be politics and this and that, and your opinions, and and it gets real uh, serious on the fun box. And I'm like, well, the fun box is first off, it's just a name. Uh, if anything, I wanted to start a podcast in general, and you know, I'm a fun guy, and uh, yeah, so yeah, a, a mushroom walks into a bar, Ba-doom. And uh, he asked for a bunch of drinks. Uh, I want 12 shots of tequila. And the bartender's like, what are you, an alcoholic? He's like, no, I'm just a fun guy. That's where the rim shot comes Yeah, in. that's where the... I don't have, like, buttons yet. That's another thing I got to work on is, like, a soundboard. And uh, uh, I need other people to help. I need, like, a producer or, like, a fart button pusher. Yeah. Or something like yeah. a third guy, um, Maggie would do it. It's just I don't want to put her under that pressure all the time. It's like, oh, it's podcast time, babe. I gotta do it, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I just want to have her relax and do she doesn't have to worry about anything, but uh, I don't know. And it's hard to get somebody at your every beckoning call, you know, to do things, you know, because I like to do podcasts, you know, anytime I can. So I'm in control of this whole thing, guys. So I don't know if you're enjoying this, you're welcome. It's the best podcast out there. All of the podcasts, complete disasters. Grab her by the fun box. Grab her by the fun box, yeah. But yeah, I guess we could do a, a segment. I wanted to try a segment out. And uh, right. and uh, the segment is, what's on your mind? And it's a Facebook-geared uh, segment. And you know how Facebook asks you what's on your mind? And uh, that's what this segment is going to be called. It is what's on your mind segment. Um, here we go. And a lot of these things on the what's on your mind thing are memes. So these are my favorite things. What's on your mind for the week? 
some of the some of my favorite memes. We'll go with number one here. Oh, geez. This guy has a forehead that's caved in, and you know how the ramen noodle craze, people are fixing things with ramen noodles? Fill in his caved-in forehead with ramen noodles, sand it down. There we go. I like that one. That was a good one. I do. I want to know. It looks like it would have been maybe a four-by-four post or Dude, something i don't know what could have done that oh my god because it, it does it he broke bone he must have broke bone but it's it looks like it's missing like his skull is missing i don't think it yeah. i don't think his uh because he has a scar and it looks like he had to get like yeah. those bone fragments taken away and that might be his brain like you know what i mean yeah like uh, under his skin like a a, a complete well, he can't ever go into a sauna, dude. Because no, that, those noodles are just gonna yeah. soften right up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. I was uh, here's number. Uh, let's see, number top five best uh, memes. Here we go. Um, I, I like this one. It's a do you man? Do you have that new book on living with a small penis, librarian? I'm sorry, I don't think it's in yet. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's a good joke. That's good. It's a good joke. Gotta like that. Okay. Number three. Or number yeah, number three. Uh we got DMX looking all DMX out here looking like Blade's uncle's steak knife. <laughs> He's got pleated pants. Pleated pants. Yeah. Hey, why not? It's good. That's number three. Number number uh two. <laughs> he already has a suspended license and punches drywall so it's this kid to anybody that doesn't have, if you're on youtube you could see this but if you're not if you're listening on spotify it's a picture of a kid that is lined up good you know how people get these haircuts at these uh barber shops and they get they get lined up like to a t to a razor razor's edge pristine line and this kid yeah, there you go. He already punches holes through drywalls. Yeah. I like those starter packs, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's like the guy that yells at his girlfriend in public starter pack <laughs> or something. Oh, man. All right, and number one. This is a, a GIF, I believe. Well, will you fucking... How come it won't, like, get bigger? Oh, there we go. It's going to open up in a new window? Jeez. Wow. Jeez. Jesus Christ! When a Chinese person sneezes on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's showing Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. <laughs> and he gets that uh, salt in his eyes. Dust cloud of salt. He's freaking out. Uh, what did I see earlier today? You know how you'll have those <laughs> those memes where it's like, uh, you know, me 
and it'll say something, or it'll say, like, no one, and then, well. Oh, yeah, I don't, I hate that. No one, and then me. It's yeah. like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I saw one today, it was, it said, me, I love you. And then it said, um, porn director, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nobody wants a making love uh, porno video. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you just imagine that? I like, saw, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I saw this one meme. It was uh, the kid asked their mother, like, How, where, do ba where did I come from? And it shows uh, the mother's, like, thinking about something. And it shows her getting, like, choked. <laughs> like, her face, like, buried in a pillow and choked. And, like, semen dripping off of her face. And I don't know, man. And, and she's just like, oh, from from the angels. <laughs> I like that um, the... Whitest Kids You Know sketch where Timmy's sitting in the park and he asks who you assume is his dad, um, where babies come from. And, uh, God, what is, I can't even remember what he says, damn it. Because one of the things he, he's just asking all these questions like, well, what do babies eat? And the guy's like, boobs. <laughs> did, and he's like, did I eat Tip boobs? Up. He's like, yeah. I was a breastfeed baby. I was too. Yeah, I drink cloth diapers. I was. I drink my mother's diapers. Oh, cloth diapers. Wow, I did not me. We had like, you know, whatever. We had the stuff, uh, the regular stuff. Ball it up and throw it away. Pampers. Pampers. Uh, but I did apparently drink breast milk. Apparently, my mom was able to produce milk. Breast milk. I had this like joke I was trying to work on. It was uh, me and my brothers would rub my mom's back. Like growing up, she would like rub mommy's back and give me a massage and we'd take turns. And it sucked. I didn't like doing it. I had to stop because my mom would make noises. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, right there. Oh. Oh. And I'm like, okay. And when when you get older, when you're a kid, you don't. It's fine. Yeah. When you get older and she's making those noises, you're like, uh, yep, not doing this anymore. Uh, it's your turn. <laughs> tag team my brother. <laughs> we tag team our mom. <laughs> I can officially say we tag team our mom, me and my brothers. But yeah, that's uh, that was the joke. And it's like, uh, I, I haven't worked up the courage to bring it out to say that one yet. But uh, until now. But yeah, it was like massaging and... Uh, uh, we love her mom. Give her a nice massage. She was working hard. Uh, she uh, was kind of the breadwinner. My dad made money. It was disability. He, he, his entire life was just a mess. Uh, he was he always had problems, health problems. So my mom kind of picked up the slack and worked the jobs, grimy jobs, coming home stinking. Yeah, man, that's what I'm used to. Uh, the power of the mothers out there. Cheers. This is to you. Love you, Mom. Yeah. Make sure you tell your mother you love them and your father.
anybody that's helping you help help raise you you know give them the respect they deserve honor thy mother and thy father but yeah man um I had a woman give me flowers for the first time in my life a couple days ago. But it wasn't the typical flowers. Um, it was uh, balls in a sack, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it, it actually was, two balls in a sack. And uh, what it actually is is it's these seed pods, and you just put dirt over them and... You uh, water them, and so. What? It's seed pods. What do they grow into? It just said wildflowers, just random wildflowers. So uh, I need to find someone's soil to plant my balls, (laughs) (laughs) plant my seed into someone's soil. I came, I traveled 15 miles, plant my seed. Have you tried the uh, Coca-Cola cinnamon? No. It's awful. Don't try it. It is the... We're, I don't know what Coca-Cola is thinking. I'm a huge Coca-Cola fan. I strictly only go with Coca-Cola most of the time. Oh, see, I'm a Pepsi guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Coke has like this... Um, I think what, what sold me on the Coca-Cola was McDonald's Coca-Colas are just so delicious. And I'm chasing that dragon. Yeah. But uh, no, to me, nothing compares to a ice cold Coca Cola. I'm not sponsored by them. I should be, but cinnamon Coca Cola no. sucks. It tastes like some. You turn your head and somebody poured cinnamon in your drink, and and then you're drinking it. You're like, oh wow, this kind of pisses me off. Every little drink that you make kind of just pisses me off. And we, uh, Maggie, accidentally got a whole twelve pack of the stuff. She thought it was. Uh, she didn't really look at it because the colors are the same as the cherry coke and brought it home and was like i got cinnamon coke i didn't even know this was a thing i'm like yeah me neither horrible so if you're out don't buy cinnamon coke unless you really like coca-cola mixed with cinnamon for some god awful reason i don't know yeah and if fucking uh, alien or just buy regular coke and don't add cinnamon, cinnamon in it <laughs> yeah. jeez I just think, you know, for being such a pristine, you know, such a outstanding company, you would know better than to do something this retarded. Uh, don't drink cinnamon coke. It sucks. I couldn't even give it away. People didn't it wasn't even I had uh I brought it to a gig at Old Prague and I had free I was like free cinnamon coke to anybody that wants some. <laughs> and they were trying to come up with like drinks at the bar. Yeah. And I guess uh, Vanilla Crown was the best thing they mixed it with, and it tasted really good. So they even tried. We tried. They tried Crown Apple. It was like apple cinnamon, like an. Uh, so it's like a Jack. It's like a whiskey and Coke thing that you would yeah. li- you, you would like. But then, so let's do apple whiskey and cinnamon Coke. See what happens. You know, it sucked. Apparently, it sucked really bad. Yeah. So what they said is the Vanilla Crown was the winner so if you're gonna get cinnamon coke do vanilla crown oh yeah yeah uh, after uh uh a talk about alcoholism well that's still the first that's the first place my mind went is 
What can it, you mix with it? Yeah, like if, <laughs> if it's not going to taste good on its own, it, you, it's got to be good with whiskey, you right. think. But that's even one of those things like um, you really got to give credit to uh, people in marketing and advertising because I'm seeing more and more products where it's like, um, like, man, what are we going to do with these broken Reese cups? And they just bag them up as pieces of of broken Reese cups that you can sprinkle on your ice cream or do something like that. So they found a way to take these reject pieces and I'm seeing a lot more products doing that. So like you know that got that that got us thinking cuz I work at a place where it's a lot of we cook a lot of breakfast and lunch, you know. So we get some of those, you throw them in the pancakes, you know. It's a little different than your uh, typical blueberry pancakes or chocolate chip pancakes. And we're like, well, what other candy bars could we possibly throw in there? And some of the ones you'd think would be good, like, I would have thought Butterfinger. Crush those up, throw them in there. But the, the uh, wafer part of the Butterfinger, it gets all, like, like chewy and it just, it doesn't work at all. And then right. something that you would think would be terrible for it, like a Milky Way with all that caramel and stuff like that, that actually turned out really good. Right. All right. Have you heard the story about this kid, Quaden Bales, got bullied? Yes. I haven't seen the video, though. I, I just saw, like, kind of it being posted and some of the aftermath. Um Apparently, it's fake. I, I don't really know. There's like two worlds going on about this. There's a lot of people saying this isn't real. This kid is actually 18 years old, and which would blow my mind. Uh, and then they're saying that it's real, and there's celebrities donating money. There's over 200 thousand dollars that's donated to this kid but then you look at the mother she's just like videotaping him i think her mother's just using her kid to get money it seems like i don't know i understand this there's good it's like okay they're may they're spreading awareness about bullying which is good yeah i think uh children like when i saw this video First thing I thought was, man, I, I, w there, I wish there was a way I could personally, like, tell this kid everything's going to be okay. And uh, yeah. fuck these kids that are making fun of you. They don't – but you can't tell a kid that. They're in a whole different world than you are. They're young. They don't understand what it's like to grow up to be in their 30s yet. They don't know what that's like. They don't know what it's like to – they know what they know. They're young, and they have kids their own age saying these evil things to them, and – that's all they know. And uh, you telling them anything, they're going to be like, you don't understand. And they're not going to understand that we do understand. So, because I know I didn't. Any parent that or adult that would tell me it's not important, don't worry about, they're just jealous or something. Or they're, they're, they're just mean and they're not going to, they're just bad people. It doesn't matter. You're in that world. There's the flip side of it too that I've noticed as a parent where it's like, um, sometimes it's hard to appreciate that, um, children, 
um, their emotions can get so out of control. So very logical things like, like you should know that, um, crying because you didn't get this thing you want, like no matter how much you cry, it's not going to solve your problem, but they're a kid and they're overwhelmed with emotion, you know? And sometimes I'm like, why can't you see? Well, and sometimes I have to like take a step back and be like, oh yeah, because you become this frustrated parent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, it, it, yeah, there's nothing that you could really say to make everything better to a kid that's getting bullied. Um, uh, even if you took the kids and smacked them, you're like, here's your bully, and just start smacking the shit out of this kid in front of in front of him to give him pleasure or like hold, hold his arms down. Now, give him a nice punch in the nose. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, uh, my dad always told me to defend myself. I never was a victim of bullying. I got bullied, but it didn't, it wasn't prolonged. It was always like an instance and they realized it. they didn't get much out of it. And I just kind of shrugged it off and was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, they, it, they, they wouldn't invest any more time. And I realized a lot of victims of bullying are very passionate about not being bullied. And they're like, stop. And they love that. Bullies love that shit. Yeah. And they want to. They want that reaction. And uh, a lot of bullies don't even know they did anything bad. Even after school, they'll be like, "Oh, you know," they looked at it. They were just messing with you. Yeah. And uh, that's just their personality. And uh, little do they know they were affecting you a lot emotionally to to the points of wanting to commit suicide. Like this, if you haven't seen, I mean, if you're on the internet for the past twenty four hours, you've seen this kid. This uh, he, he he has dwarfism. Um, so he has like that embryo sized head and he is telling his parent witnessed a bullying episode, rang the principal and I want people to know parents, educators, teachers, this is the effect that bullying has. Give me, (laughs) he's like, give me a knife. I'm going to kill myself. Got some good advice, but I need more because... This is the effect of bullying. He's like, I want to die, dude. Like, I felt, it's like, I felt so bad. But then I found out this kid's like 18. I don't even know if that's real. I don't know what to believe. Either way, I'm just going to take it as a naive person. Um, It's kind of like people will get mad at homeless people asking for change. And they'll be like, why did you, and I'll give them some money. And somebody might say, why did you give him money? You know, he's going to spend it on like booze or something. That's not my that's not my job is done i did the right thing whatever he does with the money i give him it's on him and that he has to take that up and whatever in the judgment seat of christ when he dies or you whatever whatever it may be in his life he's in karma whatever you want to call it in his life he's going to have to deal with that i did my job as being a good person that's my hands are clean as far to to me to deny to not give somebody money that's needing it or asking for it, and if I have it to spare, to not give it to him because I'm assuming he's going to spend it on booze is not a good reason to not give him money in my eyes. I say I'm going to do it in a, as a, the gracious of my heart in some fashion of uh, trying to be a good person and help this other person out, and he's going to do whatever he does with it. That's not on me anymore. Um, I'm not enabling him. He lied to me, you know, if at that point, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just taking his word for it. 
Uh, who am I to judge somebody to be like, oh yeah, you're probably just going to spend it on booze. But what I'm saying is like, as far as this video, let's say he is, this is all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take it as it's real. And I'm going to, and if you're conning me, okay, I'm not going to donate money to this. Uh, but cause you already got $200,000. I was like, where's my midget I could use to get some money. But anyway, um, uh, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to feel sympathetic for that. And I'm going to use this video as being sympathetic towards any kid that's getting bullied. And if you have a kid out there that's getting bullied and I really don't know, uh, as a parent, I would, I would just show love as much love as you can. Um, not too much love, but, uh, as much love as you can to your kids and, uh, to your friends, kids and, uh, they need to be around a community of people uh, the outside of school because uh, a community of people that support them and give them confidence because school is fucking horrible. I hated school. Still to this day, will not want to go back to school. But let's watch the rest of this. Who knows? Right. This is what it's doing. And I want people to know how much it is hurting us as a family. I want people to educate their children. Oh yeah, the music brings it to that level too. <laughs> so you got Negan from <laughs> Quaden. You are stronger than Hugh you are, Jackman. Mate. And no matter what, you got a friend in me. So you got everyone, let's please be kind to each other. Bullying, bullying is not okay. Period. Life is hard enough. So let's just remember: every person in front of us is facing some kind of battle. So let's just be kind. Hey, Quaden, how you going, guys? Just want to wish you all the best, but we know you're going for a hard time right now, but the boys are here, we got your back. We're here to support you, buddy. Just want to make sure that you're doing all right. What sure did you just say? Your mum's on your side, we're on your side. Uh, God, sure Australian accents, right, dude. I know. <laughs> I, dude, I, I made this joke online. I don't think people really got it, but it was like, uh, I was like, I was really sympathetic until I heard their accent, and then I didn't care. <laughs> it's like, Goddamn Australians, I can't understand what they're saying. All I'm saying is, in America, we have the best accent. The standard American accent for English language is the best. They can understand me. That's all I'm saying. They can understand me. Yeah. But then they, you hear shit like this. You're like, dude, what is, you backwoods, gutter, gutter, weird English accent? Fuck that. Like, English. Yeah, they're like, oh, English, we made up the language, blah, blah, we, we have the best dialect. And I'm like, no, you don't. I can't understand you. Hey, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can understand me, and I can't understand you. I have the superior dialect, bitch. I digress. Hey, mate, water the world are you, bud, so just make sure you're looking after yourself, and hopefully we're going to see you in the next couple of days. My man, uh, I don't know your name. I don't know your mom's name, but I saw your video. Uh, what I want you to know is that you have friends, um, me included. I am your buddy. Hey, quite my name is Jerry. I want to be a friend. I I've been where you are. I've been so sad that I didn't want to be there anymore. But I found a way through it, and I feel confident that you'll find a way through it. There's so much beauty in this world. 
I wish I could just come to your school, watch your every move, and I'll stand up for you. I'll Hell yeah, I love this though. Uh, who knows? There's a lot of people saying this is a fake video. If it is, and that, that my point goes to whatever. That's on the mother, and she's gonna have to live with that. Yeah. If that's all, if ever, and and in the little kid who, if it's a little kid, I heard he's 18 or I don't even, I don't even know. I don't think he's 18. I don't know. I don't know. I think people find things out, and who knows what's really happening. If we're be, if we're getting played, whatever. I'm playing into it. Uh, if it if it promotes loving your kids and uh, being better people to each other, then whatever. What harm is done? I'll There's be your no friend through and through. Hey, quiet. My name is Alessandra. I'm also a victim to bullying, and no matter what, you're going to be <laughs> the best kid ever. Did you see the username? What was the username? <laughs> Look at the username. <laughs> what the? Where are you? Through and through. Hey, quiet. My name is Alessandra. But Stallion. <laughs> but Stallion 420 has a lot of like inspirational words the for Quaid. But Stallion. <laughs> said it was going from the worst day of his life to the best day of his life so i think that sums it up perfectly oh god anyway yeah. uh, touching story from butt stallion but yeah i mean uh, this whole thing butt um i i hadn't seen this kid's video so and and i haven't paid attention to whether it's some kind of scam or anything like that what i had seen was you know that was posted and then a little while after that, I saw, like, there was, um, I, I can't think of the comedian's name who also has dwarfism, and he yeah, that, yeah, he kind of got the ball rolling with raising money for him, and, you know, then it's just like, you know, I, I become that person who has to question it, like, what, well, what does the money do? What, I mean... Yeah, what is the money doing? Like... Yeah, money buys happiness. Is that the moral? <laughs> or, or I mean, does it give him the opportunity to be like, "Thanks a lot, bitches." Yeah, woo, <laughs> Look at me now. woo, making it rain. But I mean, because I would assume it would be, um, you know, they hopefully they would do something for good. It's uh, used as a scholarship, or they start some foundation for kids who are bullied, or something like that and then all right that's great it just i mean am i a bad person because i i kind of get envious because i'm like i and i even get envious on behalf of all the other kids who get bullied and who have felt that bad about it but didn't get this attention from celebrities or get money donated to them like yeah, you need a mom to the, the aim a camera at you while you're crying. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it's just like, again, that kid doesn't deserve to be bullied. Um, and more power to him if if he receives that money and uses it for good and, and good stuff comes out of it. But man, there are, I guess it's the same thing. Like, you always hear about, the the success stories like you know Eminem, you know can't turn his electricity on and is just scraping by and shitty jobs and that well, not everybody has the 
the rhyming skills and whatever else. And, and maybe even, I'm not saying like, oh, he's lucky. All yeah. right. He, he worked his ass off. He's got a lot of talent. He's, right. you know what I mean? Um, it's yeah, tough. It's, it's kind of like a, I was, uh, on where your heroes lie. Like, or everybody's just a person and has faults. It's like, I remember being at these like gatherings in school or, what do you call them when when a speaker comes in the whole class or something sits down and listens to them and inspiration and stuff and I remember there was always there was this kid that had a cerebral palsy and he was in the front you know with his wheelchair and uh, the speaker that came in was like an ex NBA player or something and uh, he was talking and he was like you know who my hero is and my hero is that man right there that or that ch- that kid right there but in the front in the wheelchair and it's like he doesn't even know this kid. And uh, he's in a wheelchair. It's like, what if that kid like got handicapped because he was jerking off to snuff porn and like fell out? Of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fell out of his chair or fell, you know, like and landed on a pen and it stabbed his spine. You know, whatever it may be. <laughs> like, do you know the whole story? Do you know what goes on in that kid's head? If you did, he might not be your hero. I mean, there's even things like now that I get older and even. As as a father myself, I look back at my own childhood, and it's like, you know, all that, you can do anything you want if you just set your mind to it, and you work really hard and whatever, and it's like... Not! I, You know, okay, that's, that's nice, really good advice, but pretty sure no matter how hard I worked, I probably wasn't going to become the best NBA player in the history yeah. of the NBA. Like, it, it's just not going to happen no matter how bad I want it and no matter how hard I work for it. There's this funny comedian just talking about these. Uh, back in the 90s, I think, it was it's an old... Uh, it was like an episode of, like, Phil Donahue or something. I don't know. Mari Povich. Who knows? This this woman that has, like, a midget attached to her head. They're, they're conjoined twins, and they're attached by the head. Yeah. And the the main the main normal sized person wants to be a famous country singer, <laughs> and, uh, and, and nobody has the heart to tell her you can't be a country singer with a midget attached to your head. It's you just can't, <laughs> or you could be one, but you're you could be the famous country singer with a midget attached to your head. That's, yeah. that's what yeah. you'll be. Uh, but it was funny. It was a joke. But I mean, and, yeah, not saying you know I'm not going to discourage anybody that's wanting to chase their dreams. But sometimes I can't be in the NBA. I mean, there's it's not there's it's not an equal like nobody's created equal in a sense that we're all able to are all given the same equal opportunities as everything else. But there's some things people are just way better at you that yeah. and naturally just way better. You know, I see kids eight years old that are shredding on the guitar or, you know, just have the charisma that to speak to people. And it's like, I don't have that at that young age. You just, they, there's some kids that just explode with talent, you know, a natural talent. And some people just got to work at it or some people just never like can work on it their whole life and never have it, whatever it is. Yeah. The see, it factor. I, I think one of the, it was just kind of like misguided, lessons that people from our generation were taught as kids is that like you know you're so special and you're so unique and 
and it it's um the only reason i say that that was misguided is that i really think that it would have suited a lot of people better to highlight how so many people are the same because yeah. now there's so much of this individualism and i'm going to get mine and it really feeds into the the consumerist capitalist type of system that we have so i i kind of understand that but it's like it's so hard for people to relate to other people um because of uh whether it's the way you were brought up your skin color your culture your whatever else i mean we're all human beings we're all mostly the same um and that shouldn't yeah we have more in common through uh the fact that we're we are all beggars of oxygen and food and nutrients and uh and happiness you know we're all beggars for that yeah i would rather be you know know that okay i'm unique because nobody else has my precise personality and character but i'm not special right nobody's special you are not a beautiful and unique snowflake. No. We are all singing, all dancing crap of the world. That's we right. are part of the same compost heap. And that brings us full circle mm -hmm. to the Pixies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that song was uh, dropped, I think, in 88, 89. Sounds like a 90s tune, doesn't it? Yeah. That's a, yeah, I think they, that's a good band that probably like them and Nirvana, things like that. You forget that these bands that made it successful in the early 90s were working on their craft in the 80s. You yeah. forget, and their influences were from the 80s and yeah. stuff like that. So it's uh, interesting how those sounds, like, and then you think, like Van Halen had such an explosive sound for the 80s, but they're, they actually dropped their first record in the late 70s. So yeah. it's like, I couldn't imagine being living in the seventies, late seventies, and you you got you know the Bee Gees and you know Grateful Dead. A lot, a lot of these. I mean, just everything you could think of in the seventies, you know. And then Van Halen goes. Job, and just super big band arena rock type. Fucking what's his name? Lead singer, whatever. But yeah, like big, big hair, just like, wow! Somebody give me something to ride on! I'm half a teacher! I know, I had a really strong urge to um, call my dad up the other day and be like, Hey dad, first Black Sabbath album just turned 50, you fucking old guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because I mean, and it, it, it's it's weird because, you know, that's... It even, it, it makes me reflect back on my childhood and like, you know, how Marilyn Manson, like if, oh my God, I listened to Marilyn Manson and that just scared the hell out of the parents, you know, where for, for my parents' generation, it was Black Sabbath and Alice Cooper were like the, you know, the scary, oh my God, 
type of stuff. Yeah. And then you fast forward to now, like a few years ago, it was Halloween, and I was thinking, what music do I have in my collection that's like scary, you know, um, fits with the Halloween theme, but doesn't have curse words and is like safe for kids. And I'm looking through all the stuff I have, and I was like, Black Sabbath, that's safe for kids. Yeah. Where when my parents were kids, it was anything but that. Right. I love this song. I don't want to get docs. He's like the new, uh, yeah. I mean, still, he, I mean, he's uh, he. This is like almost classic rock now. Oh, I know. It's 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 crazy. God, it's so hot. I love. Marilyn, some of his music, dude, is like. But the, see, it's I, fucking. I remember when this came great. out because this album came out after Antichrist Superstar, and everybody ragged on it so hard because it was such like a left turn from what he was doing. Yeah, and um, even I didn't know how to take it, and it it took me a while to be like, oh, this is like his Bowie esque art rock type of thing, and it's got some really good stuff on that album uh what is it mechanical animals is that what this one's from dude i don't even know i think so i don't know a lot of his uh i just know songs yeah but yeah i want this is like the things that you get docked for on youtube oh yeah Yeah. like oh you played uh you played uh, I Don't Like the Drugs. But the- Damn. I don't know how. I, I got to keep pausing it because I'm afraid. I'm waiting for that hook. I want to hear that hook. song i don't like the drugs but the drugs like me you know what is interesting though i and it actually it was it was one of my prouder moments because um i don't have a good singing voice but um one of the times when i was doing my podcast with Brian, and I think it was an episode where we had my brother on Extraordinary. And um, we had music playing in our headphones, but it wasn't, we weren't playing it out loud. And I think it was a Sublime song. So we were singing that, and um, it triggered the, uh, whatever, the YouTube. The algorithm, or the digital, like, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, well, I guess we were at least somewhat, you know, we were at least in key, you know? Dude, that's crazy. That is crazy that it picked up on that. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Last episode I did, uh, There, I think there's something, uh, I think depending on what company owns the rights, like if Warner Brothers owns it, dude, you can't play anything yeah it seems like bmg is that the same is it like warner bmg i'm not or, sure or I, I know uh i played a little bit of uh it was the uh, a blues 
Brothers tune. It was, uh, and all I played was, uh, come on, baby, don't you want to go? That's it. And they didn't even upload my video for that. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Is it still like you don't even know until you've sat there and let it process the whole way? And then it's like, nope. Yeah. And I can't, I don't know if it does go that way or not, but I feel like I would go to upload a video on YouTube and it takes, it would take a while for it to process. So I would just walk away, let it do its thing. And then I would come back, it's done, it would, and then I would go to click on it, and it would be like, your video's been removed for copyright, whatever. And I was like, I just let it sit for six hours, for like, and now I gotta cut it out, and then I have to re-upload it again for another six hours, right. or whatever the hell it is. A lot of frustrating yeah. behind-the-scenes Absolutely. Stuff. Dude, it's a racket. It's a gangster shakedown, too, with the BMI. Uh, people ask me to stream stuff or put plug in their phone or play something off YouTube when I DJ. And uh, when I'm getting paid, I'm not allowed. Mm. Unless I'm, it has to be anything that it's on my hard drive that's licensed and bought and paid for. Everything on the hard drive is bought and paid for. Not by me. I work for uh, for Scott Desluver, which I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. Um I, uh, I'm not allowed to play that because BMI can, it, it would take a physical person to see that and to doc and to say, well, okay, we're going to charge you, but that's a $10,000 fine on me personally. Yeah. If I was to do that, because I'm getting paid and I'm streaming, if I was to stream off Spotify or YouTube, they, they could, they could find me $10,000 legally ridiculous ridiculous even if i bought and paid for spotify account you know it doesn't matter yeah and i've seen bars that get that have gotten it like gotten or nearly ruined their fucking business who has ten thousand dollars to just throw at something dude when you have a bar and a lot of times people think oh they're worth this much money yeah because it's a it's a working it's constant it's a it's a a wheel that turns it's a the company is a all that money is constantly being reinvested in itself it's a an organism of financial organism almost yeah you can't you know because you're you're taking money from your bar sales to buy more alcohol and then pay your that, employees. Yeah, you know that constant cycle where you can't just have an a uh, $10,000 extra yeah, for like boom. You have to save that or in your you know margin, you know your profit margin. A lot of people don't have like a profit margin for a BMI case <laughs> against you, you know. It could ruin you. BMI is just a bunch of gangsters, dude. Yeah. Shaking you down. They're outside the government. You're an independent company that is just able to use the government to get money from you. And that's what I don't like. I mean, there's moments where you have to be like that. It has to be that way. But come on now. You're just playing some tunes. You could get fined if you have a store, multiple speakers. You have to pay uh, 
a certain amount of money per speaker in your store. Wow. And uh, it's pretty crazy. I think it's a a scam. I think there's probably ways to fight it, but a lot of people can't afford the lawyers. And a lot of times that's why settlements happen. When when it's cheaper to settle most of the time. And you just pay it off. That's why there should be due process for everything, you know. You can't believe in everything because... Uh, Uh, it's you. You could possibly create a plus one victim if you just uh, if there wasn't any due process. Yeah. Say a girl goes, "I was raped." All right, we believe her. You're going to jail. All right, let's say she did get raped by that guy. We you did your job, and he should go to jail. Uh, what if he didn't? Now you created a plus one victim by the system, and the system needs. The thing that sucks about due process and innocent until proven guilty is that sometimes people that are guilty get off. That is true. But it eliminates the the, the ability to create a plus one victim from the system. Yeah. Uh, sometimes justice isn't served, but that's the, yeah, that's the, nothing's perfect. We're all a bunch of humans that poop, and sometimes we poop in our underwear too, so... Can't make everybody happy. No, it's impossible, man. Same thing with politics, too. It's kind of like uh, I don't have really much have a dog in the fight, I'm, uh, but I am a very big uh, freedom guy, just a uh, constitutional guy. Uh, there's a big communism or socialism type uh, dialogue that people talk about, and uh, it's interesting because they think this country kind of has like this theocracy, and there's really no theocracy we have money that says in god we trust but if you're going to talk about theocracy i think communism is more theocracy than capitalism communism you're pretty much telling everybody exactly what morally is right and this is what you're supposed to morally do and it's pressured on you by the force of a gun by a government that forces you to do what communism wants you to do and uh are you gonna go pee and uh it's a form of theocracy, you know, in a sense, really, it's, uh, it's imposing morality. And uh, theocracy is bound to fail. Every form of it. So, uh, you don't have to believe in a higher power to have some, sort, some form of what a, what a theocracy would be, I think. That's just my opinion. Who knows? I am not an expert guys obviously i'm dude i wrote a podcast called the fun box podcast guys you know take it or leave it uh if you're still listening to this in the comment section uh hit uh or actually type in uh type in the word drugs just type drugs into the comment section, the word drugs. Let us know you watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing. Anybody listen on Spotify? Uh, thank you. And check out YouTube as well. The Fun Box Podcast on YouTube. Uh, you could see the cutaways. You, you get just more content, visual content. And, uh, 
So that's cool. I'm really happy about that. Super excited that I finally have a streaming uh, platform now. Whether it just even if it's just one platform, uh, feels legit. Yeah. Uh, it gets it to because I have Spotify and I could like review some episodes while I'm at work and learn from them. You know, and uh, a lot of people are like, why would you listen to your own music or your own? podcast that's isn't that so vain of you and it's it, it may be i'm doing it to learn and a lot of comics will say that they'll listen to their sets to get better and uh to round out cut off the fat round out the edges and trim the edges and you know you have to do that to get I, better uh, well you know even talking about like what you were saying earlier not being uh a very social person or or anything like that. I mean, I was always such a socially awkward person, very fidgety. Um, but through doing a podcast and listening to myself, the first thing you notice is how many ums and likes you yeah. say. How many ums and likes. And it started driving me so crazy that I really became a lot more mindful of that and it's carried over into the way I speak in the real world. I I I still stammer a lot because I have a hard time coming up with my thoughts and articulating them the way that I want to, but there's a lot less um curse words, likes, ums and stuff like that peppered in and I owe that all to listening to myself right. being recorded and being like, wow, that is terrible. See, now that I mentioned it, I am picking out every like and um that I'm saying, and it's already starting to drive me crazy. Oh, man. Dude, I did this. For Derek Defabaugh came, uh, came on. He was the author and creator of uh, uh, Haunted Lorraine County. And he, it's a really cool book. He's a historian as well and on Lorraine County. I learned a lot. I didn't know how much Lorraine County is involved with the old bootlegging industry from Canada. I didn't know so much. And, you know, speedboats were pretty much invented by bootleggers. I didn't know that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, hot rods in a way, too. Well, they were, too. Yeah. Yeah. And even, like, automatic weapons, things like that. So crime is always a step ahead of the law. And, like, the law is catching up to crime. You know, that's why we have, they have to constantly update, like, virus, uh, preventive virus, like, programs to, you know. There's always a guy that's way ahead. He's a criminal trying to figure out the way to scam the people. Well, it's the same thing with drugs. I mean, yeah. you know, there anytime something becomes illegal, there's another one coming around, right? Our initial, this was an episode. We to get freaked out. Epi- yeah, uh, I, Derek Defabog. I said like ghosts. like 40 <laughs> times. People are, yeah, people are Yeah. People will provide you with the most fucked up things than any ghost can give you. Yeah. Like the Bundy. But yeah, uh uh, yeah, it was scary. Being 16, too, it's like you're like hormones are heightened. Everything's oh, just yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. You got your oh, adrenaline flowing oh, anyway. Yeah. 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 And we're just like, get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It was cool, though. It was an experience. But yeah, that's the only thing I ever had happen there. Provide you with the most fucked up things than any ghost can give you.
they started chasing after us, but we we. The whole thing, I'm saying like, like so many fucking times. Anyway, we get it. I don't know. I don't want to search for that one. But uh, yeah, dude. But yeah, this is a... (laughs) I don't have a fucking Ouija board shirt on. I've only wore that shirt one time, and it was for this episode. A friend of Maggie's gave it to her, and she's like, this is like an XL. (laughs) And you just paused yourself on like a very unflattering face. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw something too about that with like Beyonce or something. They they like apparently there were uh and I'm I'm obviously way behind on this because it was when she did her Super Bowl halftime show a few yeah. years ago and I guess she there were all these Pictures posted of her in like mid action looking like She Hulk or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they put like weights in her hands, like she was like yeah. lifting, like deadlifting weights. <laughs> was it a Super Bowl show? I don't even I, I think have no so. Idea. Yeah. I actually, people take bets on like what the wardrobe is going to be. I was like, Beyonce is going to be wearing black boots. And like buckles or something. I just made some shit up and it was. Yeah. I was like, damn it. Should have fucking bet on that shit. She actually, the older I get, the more hot she gets to me. Uh, I wasn't into her. I think she just looks too like, she looks like a friend that I would have. And that's why I never, I always like admired women, like famous women that weren't, I would look at them as like, stars like gasping like oh my god look how gorgeous she is she didn't seem that gorgeous her body is gorgeous (laughs) she's got she's got thighs man and i realize the older i get the more i'm a thigh guy yeah i'm like the thighs that support that big ass baby mommy mommy thighs baby yeah i always thought that i was a breast man and it's really, it's really kind of like teeter tottered the other way as I've gotten older. I really appreciate a big fat ass. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice thick bottom end. Oh, gotta have it. It's really strange though. It's like I feel like I, I have a type. And there's, you know, body types that I prefer. I'm a very thin person myself, so I don't, I don't like the idea of being with a woman who could overpower me. And, and maybe that's just being insecure and my lack of masculinity or something like that. I don't know, <clears throat> but I prefer, <clears throat> I prefer a woman who's shorter and who's relatively thin. But then there. Are, for some reason they're just um and i don't even know why like a thicker frame just looks better on some people than others it's quite fascinating to analyze (laughs) something yeah very fascinating i love to analyze the female body specimen of glory behold the ass the butt cheeks Oh, it's a beautiful thing. You put baby oil on it and it shines. 
glistens in the sun. But yeah, man, um, what else is going on in your life? Oh, what is going on in my life? You got a podcast you're just a part of right now. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> no, I mean, really? It's like I made I'm like you're, I, I, I made a peak in your, in your week. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it because really everything is, um, it's such a self analysis from, from like, I guess, you know, kind of losing everything good that was in my life, basically. It's like, but it was, it's a lot of, uh, it's so strange because it would be easy to be like, oh, I fucked up my life from drinking, but it, it wasn't all that. Um, but I'm, what I am doing is really focusing on like what, was my part in that and how can I do things better and what's really important to me and so it's I don't know maybe it's like a midlife crisis type of thing but it's it's like um I don't know it it's such a strange time in my life right now it's so strange well you have something to you know be proud of you uh Practicing sobriety and uh, really like making it a part of your life, the sobriety thing. Are days, does time go by slower for you now? So basically the, that, the first year, it was the fastest and longest year of my life. Like it, and I, I don't know how to explain it. There's just so much happened, but it actually it zoomed by. Yeah, and it yeah. it's uh, I mean, just it seemed so impossible to um, just the thought of never taking a drink ever again. I was like, that just doesn't even make sense to my brain, and but knowing that. Um, I've only got right now. Like, all I can do is not take a drink right now. And that there's no yeah. telling what's going to happen tomorrow or 10 years from now or right. anything like that. Um, and I would think it would be almost the worst thing for you. Imagine that addicts that end up relapsing, they go hard when they relapse because they want it so much more. And it's... Uh, I can't. I, all I'm saying is that's why I'm a binge drinker. And that's why I drink so much on the weekends because I don't drink throughout the week. Yeah, and then I just want that. Bam! And I've heard so many stories, things that you don't really think about. Like one of the worst things that could happen is I could go out and drink tomorrow and only have a few, and nothing bad happens, and everything's fine. That's one of the worst things that could happen because then I'm like, oh, well, I'll just do that. Yeah. And then six months later, I'm, you know, waking up in the morning and drinking yesterday's half, half flat warm beer. Oh, yeah. I heard that's a big, 
It's like, have you ever drank a half beer in the morning right when we wake up? I'm such a wasteful person, and yet I would actually convince myself that, like, that, like, I'd come home from work, and there'd be a mostly full beer that was open from the night before, and I'd be like, oh, well, it would be wasteful to pour that down the drain. Oh, I'll start with that one, and then yeah. I'll crack open the fresh one. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Thank you for you know being here while i drink in front of you it's uh i actually haven't been in a drinking setting yet and i was kind of like i wonder how it'll be because you know there's even like you know i want to i want to go to the bar every now and then and see a band play you know see my friends play and stuff like that and feel like i can and um i think that's actually one of the really nice things is just knowing how many times I walk by liquor and beer in my daily life and I don't think twice about it. Right. And then there's some really interesting things too. Like I had no intention whatsoever of quitting smoking weed. Um, even when I first quit drinking, like the last time I smoked weed, I took a couple of hits. I felt really nice. I was sitting talking with my sister, um, came down, and I was, like, backing out of her driveway and coming home and being like, there's no obsession for smoking more weed or anything like that that I feel with alcohol. And it's like, man, it's kind of a shame that I can't drink the way that I can smoke. Right. Um, I had no intention of I, – I still – technically have no intention of never smoking weed again. I just haven't been around it, so I haven't smoked it in a year. Yeah. And it's like, but it, and it's funny because I was just talking about this the other day with one of my friends. I was like, I've, there's been times of struggle with not drinking and all this work I've put in reading and writing and going to meetings and talking to people and going to counseling and doing all this stuff to not drink and for the same amount of time, I haven't smoked any weed, and I have done nothing right. at all. No struggle, no n nothing at all. It just happened that way. Yeah, I uh, commend you. I, I, uh, it's, uh, it's hard. So, yeah, like I, like I said, to bring us back around... Uh, and we could close on that, man. Uh, it's been an hour and 52 minutes. Uh, uh, good podcast time. You know, you I see a lot of just hour and a half maximum for a lot of people, yeah. it seems like. Joe Rogan is the exception, you know, since yeah. he has, uh, he's the biggest podcast right now. Yeah. So he's the exception he could go three hours if he wanted to yeah. you know and that's what he does actually he has no for his format is the basic most basic format you could think of anybody else kind of has like this there's a lot of fluff and flair to what they have to do and uh or some kind of like dynamic of what what he has is the guests that he has on are the most interesting people you could ever meet in your yeah, life, you yeah. know? And he's lucky that he, he can secure those people because 
it definitely appeals to me to have a loose format where you're not stuck on one particular subject all the time. Yeah. But because I have a lot of interests. Oh, yeah. That's why I, this is kind of like the fun boxes. It's everything. Uh, to me, the fun box is life. Like, uh, whatever this is, the box of fun. Yeah. I can have fun talking about serious things. And that's fun for me. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to be in front of a microphone and talk about stuff and have headphones on. I just love the whole thing. It's it it's good. It's good therapy. It's good content. You know, just good entertainment for me. And if you're listening to this and you're entertained, that makes my dick move, baby. Uh, it really does. Well, not literally, but it's uh, this is what I like. And I I I just don't want people to get confused with the the title and the content because to me I, I, whatever dude i don't know what you expected us to be like juggling should we be juggling and talking about fucking roller coasters <laughs> the next big roller coaster well i could i love roller coasters uh i actually got to ride the top thrill dragster we could close on this and what i'll do is i'll do a pov of the top thrill dragster not the top thrill dragster but the pov of uh steel vengeance from cedar point we live right by them by right by cedar point so if you're wondering where we're filming we're on the lake baby lake erie near sandusky vermilion ohio uh they have a ride you know one of my favorite uh pov roller coaster Dude, the Steel Vengeance is the best. Well, I'll let you finish, but I'm just saying the Steel Vengeance is going to be the best roller coaster of all time right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Have you ever seen the uh, Billy Corgan riding a roller coaster? Oh, I did. That's <laughs> we could like this, like let's go, let's do that. <laughs> Billy Corgan riding. I think it might be the Beast or something from Kings Island or some shit. I forget what it was, but. Uh, we don't need none of that. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. <laughs> we go. We <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good shit. Oh, my God. But, yeah, to close this out, I'll play some POV of uh, The Steel Vengeance along with a song I did with Ello, Robert Risden. Here we go. Everybody want to be a part of the money crew. Oh, yeah. Baby, I'm a feeling like I'm another lucky troll I can't and dude, Mike, thank you for coming on. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Hit the rock, don't smoke it unless it's free. Good night, guys. Car crash when the kids dropping now I'm higher than a kite when the wind comes Call me big dunk, take stands on my hands Don't give a fuck, yeah, I'ma get slammed Harder than your fingers in a car door Harder than the hottie that I'm hardcore, hardcore, hardcore Yeah, this shit, this roller coaster is Just look at this shit
blow your fucking mind. It's a wood steel hybrid. Like a row of dominoes that 